Welcome to Mint. My name is Adam Levy, and I'm going to be showing you how the creators of today are building the communities of tomorrow by harnessing the power of Web3. This episode welcomes the one and only M. Shadows. He's the founder and lead singer of the iconic rock band Avenged Sevenfold. I grew up playing their music on the drums and I've admired them ever since I can remember. So this episode is a very special one for myself. I had a pleasure recording him uh, and interviewing him and uh, it, it was a great time. And I really wanted to have him on because they came out with their own PFP project called the Death Bats Club, which when we recorded this episode, this was pre-launch. Uh, so some of the lingo and conversations you'll hear is obviously an anticipation for the drop, which uh, I think the mint is still happening as we speak. But that's aside from the point. He's crafted a really unique community around the, the, the brand's icon, uh, the, the skull. And they call it the Death Bats Club. Well, because it's a skull with wings and that's randomly generated 10,000 times uh, and is layered with different perks and utilities that are accessible both in person and online. And the reason like this is so special, a lot of the content that we've talked about on Mint, a lot of the creators that I brought on, we talked about like utility frameworks and what do you actually intertwine in these 10K PFP projects or these social tokens or whatever you want to call them. He's the epitome of who's doing it right. The band has unlocked it, and I'm excited to see how their journey kind of unfolds uh, down the line, but it was important for me to bring him on and to capture his story, how he's thinking about the music industry, how he's thinking about community management, on-chain royalties, all these amazing things pertaining to Death Bats Club, um, a potential DAO, who knows whether it's going to happen in the future or not, but we did talk about it, and much more stuff. Uh, I hope you guys enjoy the conversation. M Shadows, welcome to Mint, my friend. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm feeling good, man. Thank you so much for being on. Really, really exciting times. Uh, big day coming up pretty soon. How are you feeling? What's going on through your head? You know, uh, I'm stressed. I am nervous. I'm excited. I'm ex- You know, getting through a Mint is really, you know, if you get out on the other side, I think that's when the fun can begin. But it's the minting process with all the attacks and things that can happen things that can go wrong and contracts yeah. and this and that you really want to make sure they get in everybody's hands so i'm just a little i'm like a, a, a father figure just worried about everybody like i hope everyone gets <laughs> what they want you know like for christmas so uh, i'm excited but uh definitely um just like keeping our eye on the ball yeah no i hear you look uh i was telling you this like in the green room but what you guys are doing a lot of people don't realize it, but it's like in at the forefront of what the future of like music and artist fan relationship will look and feel like. So to have this type of like level of nervousness, to have this like all these feelings, doing a drop, it's a big deal. And you have to play that father figure. Like you have to coach people before we even get into all that stuff. Okay. How did you get into crypto? Like what's your journey into the space? Rumor has it you've been buying Ethereum since like $15. Can you, can you walk me through that? Yeah, um, I think 2015, I started hearing about um, internet money. You know, I heard about Bitcoin. And I don't remember how long it was after that I decided, but I remember the moment that I did. I was on a golf course with my buddy, Scotty. And I said I started, you know, like shilling him on this stuff, but I didn't even own any at the time. And um, I was like, we just got to buy Bitcoin. We got to buy as much as we can. And I, and I kind of understood, I had read the white paper. I understood in a way, but to be honest, I just, I understood the idea of internet money and I believed everything was kind of going more and more online. Um, shortly after I had signed up for Coinbase, which was completely a nightmare at the time. Um, 
the early days of signing up for Coinbase was actually mm. insane and, and dealing with your bank and like, why are they pulling money out for this thing? <laughs> um, Ethereum came on my radar and I, I started learning about smart contracts and smart contracts really intrigued me. And I think there was a couple of really simple analogies, like say a guy's on your roof doing the roofing and then you owe him this much money. Well, in the digital world, those will both be put in a contract. The It will be authenticated by this contract and then both things will switch places without human interaction, right? No disagreements. And I was like, oh, that makes sense. Like that'll be cool for digital. So I bought a bunch of Ethereum and I think mm. Ethereum at the time was $13. And um, Bitcoin at the time was $280 and we just bought a lot of it and um, or as much as we could before the bank, you know, gave us problems. And like, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and then, and then we just held it and you never even a thought of selling it. I kind of evangelized it to everybody as it got bigger and I learned more about it. People much smarter than me were able to make videos and I was really able to understand what it was and how revolutionary it was. And then, um, and then I lived through it all until I guess January of this year. And I started mm. really paying attention to CryptoPunks. Mm. And I think, um, you know, I mean, I guess we can go through all the ups and downs of the, of the Bitcoin stuff. That's right. all kind of, it is what it is. I never it sold it. Right. It yeah. I, I, I held on to it. People said I was an idiot. I had, I had made so much money and then that crash happened and I never sold it. And everyone's like, <laughs> why aren't you selling? My mom would call me. You should sell. You know, and I'm like, I'm never selling it. I, I just didn't put enough into worry about it. I just, you know, like it was just exponentially growing and yeah. I, and I believe in it. And I was like, nothing has changed mom. You know, it's, it's all good. Like it's so, still there. It's still there. It's all good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I still, one ETH is one ETH mom. Yeah. You know? So, um, so anyways, and, and now they, they've actually, I got my dad to buy a bunch too. So anyways, um, is he, is he just buying Ethereum or is he buying a bunch of like other shit coins and all? No, coins? he's got, no, he's got Bitcoin, Ethereum. I think at one point we, we had, um, it was Litecoin, XRP, uh, you know, during that era, like everyone had the same stuff. It was VeChain, uh, Ethereum, Legit. Bitcoin. It Legit. was all the same stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it was, and so it was, it's all good. And I've kind of, um, I've, I've moved off that path now. I have like a new path that I, that I believe in. Um, but at the time we all had the same stuff, right? We're just buying everything. And so in January, um, I think I'd heard about crypto punks enough times to where, and then it just hit me. I was like, man, like the, the first thing, and obviously all this stuff's debatable, right? We can, but the first thing that became popular, I guess crypto kitties became popular, even though they were after crypto punks, but crypto punks were the first thing on chain or not even on yeah. chain at the time. So I've got all these caveats. All right. Yeah. Crypto punks were the first thing on the Ethereum blockchain that made sense as this collectible, I guess we, we could say. And crypto punks, I one day went to my, who's now our coder for this new project he, I said, I think we got to buy some of these things, man. They're like early collectibles of web three of this future. And so I bought one. It was super scary. I think I bought, I, I know what I bought. I bought a, um, four Addy, um, pipe smoking <laughs> half shaved girl with blue eyeshadow for 29 ETH. And, um, and, and, and at the time it was like, Oh my God, I have this thing. But you know, after leaving his house, I noticed I was always pulling up my MetaMask and I was staring at it. it made me feel warm and fuzzy inside mm. <laughs> i felt really good and so i was like man if i feel this way about this i think other people are going to feel this uh -huh. way about these are really cool things and you know i lived through a little bit of a dip on that i think earlier and then the it dropped to like 13 eth was the floor and they started buying more and more and more so i started loading up on crypto punks anyways i have a crazy like, story but it's uh, but yeah like, I'm, what, I'm rambling. what communities were you hanging around to get all this alpha like what who were you surrounding because 
your 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 life is about music, right? You have this insane band, this mainstream band, like hundreds of millions of viewers online. Like it's it's twenty four seven music, I'd assume. But then you have this like small side to you. You're just a degenerate. Like you're literally like a yeah. degen, like an ape. Like a, yeah. Well, I'm like, also a gaming degen. Right? Okay. Like, so, okay. So I grew up playing games when everyone said that there losers and nerds played games, right? There and, it is. and I always tell the story, but to me, my generation created the the multi-million dollar Twitch player. They created the the Fortnite champion. They've created that you could actually make a lot of money in this space. Right. And it's because our culture demanded it. And it's one thing that I've always, you know, as the culture rises, it's like, that's what's cool. The same way that you know, my grandparents didn't understand the Beatles and my dad understood the Beatles is the same way that I understand that the culture coming up is going to basically dictate, you know, the world that we live in, whether we like it or not. And so I put gaming in the same category as crypto when I started learning about it. And, you know, I, I love to read about space and philosophy and consciousness and all these weird things. But I think if I didn't, then the music would become really repetitive and boring. If I was sure. only existing in this ecosystem of like rock and riffs, you know, I think you would have songs about going out to the bar and that's fine, but it's not our MO. And, you know, we try to expand ourselves, which, you know, is, is um, kind of reflected in our art. And so I think crypto easily plays into that because it's where I see the human evolution going, especially as we take this, like, you know, this step into the, the digital frontier. You know, I see that as a common theme amongst many, many like crypto super users. They have a gaming background. Like I played a, a shit ton of games growing up. My biggest game was RuneScape. And okay. you, yeah, yeah. you see you see a lot of people that like have crazy bags in crypto have like like these RuneScape like backdrops on their yeah, Twitter profile. You, do, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. like like I know you were there. Like I know you were there. I know you have that experience. Why do you think gaming has kind of gravitated towards crypto? Like, why do you think that's like inherently very similar in terms of audiences? It's got to be the people we hang out with on there and they're very tech savvy. I mean, to play like a PUBG or to play any of these games, right? You have to have some sort of knowledge of not only like Steam or whatever in the right. marketplaces and just you have to be able to work your way around the internet. You're going to know what Reddit is. You're going to know what Discord is. You're going to know where these little nooks and crannies are uh, of where you're going to get information, right? And these things, they they come from fringe groups. That's what they are. These games start off as fringe games, you know, and, and they grow into these behemoths. But a lot of us are finding these games before there's millions of players. Yeah. And you're finding these communities before there's tens of thousands of people. And you're finding these bands, you know, before you're out of the garage straight. And they're, they're not playing stadiums the next day. They're taking years and years to develop. So yeah. it's kind of, I guess, that that like curiosity that you never lose and and you're kind of always like sniffing around like there's bigger questions right like why are we here what are we right, doing and then there's right. like these macro or these micro questions where it's like okay well we're here so like what's next like yeah. what are we doing and and i think that's that it's just a curiosity yeah i hear at what point did you kind of realize that this infrastructure actually could revolutionize i guess like a new movement between artists and fans what was that aha moment for you? And, and walk me through that, that narrative, that story that you kind of encountered. Yeah, well, you know, I was I was collecting. So I was hanging out in like the discords of like the punks chat and I was hanging out in, you know, art blocks and I was hanging out in all these places that were in telegrams, like these, these secret telegrams with people that are like random ass group chats. Yeah, <laughs> random ass group, but very successful people that yeah. are very much talking about 
DeFi and APIs on this and, and, and I'm going to invest in this and this coin's doing that and this. And so you're like kind of catching on to all these things that are happening in the underbelly of finance. And, you know, you kind of can say all day, like Ethereum's going to change this and this and this. But when you actually see really successful people doing it and believing it mm. and building on it, um, that was really eye-opening to me. And I think, you know, to be honest, I had never put two and two together of utility and sort of that that carrot hanging over the, what we would call it the normies, right? Like, how do you get them into this? How do you get them to believe that digital ownership's a real thing, right? right. I think the best example is gaming because I believe that's a no-brainer. It's like, okay, you own the stuff instead of renting it. Yeah. Duh. Like, okay. Yeah. But, but music's a harder like sell because now in, you know, December, I can explain to you how music's going to work. But back in June, it was kind of just like, I know what Blau's doing. And yeah, you put and like, I guess Muse is putting a album cover on there. And like, are we turning art or music listeners into art creators? Like what, like, what does that album cover do? Why would anyone care? And those mm -hmm. were the questions I was asking myself. Cause if I don't care, then I know other people don't care. Right. Mm -hmm. It's like, like always like the, the bullshit test. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. but when board apes came out, so board apes come out and they gave up the IP to their apes and they had utility. Like at first it was, you could draw dicks on a wall. Right. <laughs> yeah, and it was, it was like, <laughs> all you could do. Whiteboard. Like, yeah. 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 But it was like, Oh, but everyone can't get in here. I have to yeah. sign my MetaMask. This <laughs> yeah. is cool. It's like a private dick on the wall. Yeah. It's a <laughs> private dick on the wall. Like me and all my friends drew a dick on the wall. It's cool. <laughs> and so, um, but, but then like, like it was almost like things just started flowing out of them and out of my mindset. And then I saw what Gary V was doing. Right. With yeah, V friends. With V friends. Yeah. And I was like, you know, I was like, wow, like, like, and, and of course, like at the beginning, we were modeling ourselves exactly after board apes. And then I, then, then you come to like this realization that no, like it's just a, a construct. It's just a, um, it's just a, like, I guess a platform or a format that you can use, but then you step into who you are. What do your mm. fans want? Right. And then you start thinking differently, like, oh, they don't want like a piece of artwork from somebody. They don't know who it is. They want concert tickets mm. or, oh, they want to meet us or they want this or that. So I started putting this thing together, I guess in May. And, um, and so then we kind of took steps to kind of get people involved, which we can go into later, but that the board apes and Gary V's V friends were the ones that really sparked like, Oh, there's a lot more to this than, than, um, than meets the eye. And then also I would say that I dug strictly into the community aspect, right? I wasn't trying to tackle what Blau is trying to tackle, which I think is very different right now, mm -hmm. but I think it all plays together, right? Like what I see happening in two, maybe 18 months, two years, is the token holders are going to be the ones getting the fractionalized publishing from these streaming services where the artists have all the control. Yeah. And so you do kind of need both, but I didn't see that at first. I just saw build the community, build the community. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. You know, you, you referenced Blau a couple of times. He's been, uh, he was on my last show, blockchain and booze. And we talked about like, what is the future of music and NFTs? And I mean, you can kind of peep the drum set behind me. I'm a drummer myself since like five years old. Also grew up playing to Avenged Sevenfold, like seeing all these things kind of happen in real time. And now seeing a lot of musicians and artists get into the space, forget about like the Instagram creative artists that left like corporate jobs and were posting shit on their stories and whatnot, like actual independent artists jumping into crypto, making a living, kind of reimagining what a modern day fan, fan club looks and feels like, tokenizing their songs is questionable and it may be or may not be, you're seeing this like revolution happening in real time. 
You're seeing yeah. people understand the concept of what ownership means, let alone digital ownership and kind of reimagining, okay, if I'm going to bootstrap my career right now, if I'm going to launch the song, how do I not only do it where I retain a lot of ownership, but do it in a way where I can get creative with this new technology and, and use NFTs and all these digital assets. So I think it's super cool. We're obviously going through a really crazy revolution right now. I guess my next question to you, the, the Death Bats Club, okay? How did that come into place? Okay, like how did that come? And I know you talked about like the, the birth of like seeing Gary V's club, seeing the birth of uh, the Board Ape Yacht Club. But how did you kind of build in a way where it was super relatable to Avenged Sevenfold? Like how do you think about utility, all these concepts when it comes to building a modern day fan club? Walk me through that. Yeah, so since we're like kind of, kind of first in building what we're building, um, we wanted to test the waters and we actually released a, a, an NFT of 101 um, called Into the Ether. And we put a little snippet of music that we weren't going to use on a record. And we basically wanted to kind of test the waters of our fans. And it was even this free NFT we were giving out. We got 5,000 addresses sent to us. And we actually wrote a, a, a piece of code that was allowing us to look into all their wallets to see who had any prior NFT experience. And only 17 people had prior NFTs. Wow. And most, yeah. And and so the other 4,900 and whatever um, had just signed up on OpenSea to get this free digital collectible, right? And mm. so we knew that there was a lot of education that had to be done. Um, we knew that, and we, and we also knew, even though we were giving out for free, we were getting a lot of flack for it. Um, people thought it was a scam, you know, they thought all these things. So I'm glad we did that to kind of understand the audience, right? Because if we would have just gone straight into death bats club and said, Hey, this thing's launching in a month, we would have been dead in the water. And, and I have yeah. numbers to prove that. Yeah. Um, and I'll tell you about those, but so once we launched that, we realized that we didn't know what we were doing and we we're glad we launched the 101 and we started actually adding utility to them after, mm. but this whole time in the process of seeing these people take them and talk about them and form these little clubs and this and that, then we said, okay, well, we need to start a discord. We need to, we need to start building a community from the ground up. And then we're going to start really digging deep into our soul and saying, what do people want from us? And a lot of times it was just our time. So we started creating, you know, tiered levels of very cool things you could have. But I said, I don't want this thing to be like a, a slot machine where right. if you get something great, then you're totally bummed on your bad one. Um, the, the, the base level has to be where all the value is. And then you might get a cherry on top. Right. right. And so then we started thinking deeply about, well, we can put someone out and open our own line at shows and make it for token holders only. Okay, cool. No line for shows. And then we're like, okay, well, we can call live nation and tell them we need a, a hundred tickets extra for per show for in our guarantee. Mm -hmm. And then, okay, boom, now we have free tickets for life and meet and greets. Cool. We can do that. And so mm -hmm. we started building the back end and going like, people will love this stuff. Um, and then we started thinking, well, weekly giveaways, we own our own merch company. That's easy. And then it was like, okay, well, we've been building sandbox for a year. That's easy. Let's give them avatars. Let's give them clothing. Let's have private parties. And it just kept rolling and rolling and rolling. And we're like, we actually have something here. Like we have so much to offer. And if we do a, like a, a mint of like 0 0.08 at the time, it was probably 150 bucks, 130 mm -hmm. bucks is like the value is going to so super exceed what like that token is going to cost. And then our job will be to like, just keep adding value to it, keep making it bigger and bigger yeah. and, and making these kids feel like they're evangelizing something that's kind of the first of its kind. Yeah.
So why approach it from the 10K point of view when you guys have so many fans? I get there's a level of exclusivity, but why not like 12K? Why not 15K? How do you yeah, think about that? So 12K or 10K was actually, you know, it was the standard that's going on. It's so right. many communities I've been in. There was 10. Right. And I also saw my friends in the hundreds do like 25,000. Mm -hmm. And I think it was a little much, you know, I want to keep a really competitive. Um, I want to keep the tokens competitive in terms of like their value. I want to make sure that they're scarce. And I think that we've told everybody, like, we're going to be nimble with this. We're never going to hurt the value of your death bet. That's going to be the number one thing. But I think the cats, the gutter cats and the bored apes have done brilliantly by letting more people in with serums and mutant apes or this mm -hmm. or that. I think there's very cool, savvy ways to let more people in. Yeah, yes, but, you're not, to this. Yeah. but you are not the death bat, right? The right. death bat is the death bat and it's always right. going to be the king. Um, and I think there's very cool ways to do it. And um, so I'm not really worried about it. And also yeah. you look at the band, like I think we've sold 20 million records and we only had 700 people sign up for this thing in the beginning until we started making videos and like tutorials. Yeah. And now we're rolling into, you know, I've had a bunch of friends that have launched and they get about 1600 pre-sale, pre-sale whitelist. And then they sell out instantly. Mm. We have over 8,000 on our whitelist. So we've done a good job of bringing people in and educating them and getting them here. But if we would have done this early on, it would have been the biggest failure of all time. And just, these things just have to be thought out and you have to have people that are willing to like drive it, which I would say I'm driving it, but then I have a great team behind me. I'm hiring people that are in the space and hiring devs that understand what we're trying to build and hiring mods that know how to deal with crypto, right? Know how to deal with the scams and the bots and the, the, the phishing attacks. And so you just have to have a great team and you have to be dedicated to it. You know, Look at the way you're talking about it and the way your face glows when you when you, when you <laughs> I'll watch about, it back. No, legit. Like you have to see the way your face glows when you talk about it. You you're obviously not the first like musical artist trying to do this. You're the first one trying to implement this type of club. And I actually noticed that you're doing it in the most efficient way too, having FAQs, the way you've structured the Discord. I've seen a lot of other musical artists that are more mainstream just issue like NFTs as a form to just like take and go. Yeah. Right. But there's layers to this onion, right? And the way you're explaining it and the way I, I see your face just like lighting up behind this entire model, behind this entire structure, it gets me excited. Yeah. Me, I'm like an Avenged Sevenfold fan, okay? Full, full, full out. And I'm like thinking to myself like, shit, like this is my opportunity to be a, a part of something that I can verifiably choose and see on chain and get all these additional perks and be a member of this club and just like be a part of this family. Something that you don't really get from necessarily just going to shows. Something that you don't necessarily get from just going and buying merch. Something that you don't necessarily get from like either like doing a, I don't know, like a guitar. Like there's layers to this, right? And yeah. buying this badge, buying this emblem, whatever this ticket, whatever you want to call it. The way I feel about it is like it's my way in, you know? And yeah. once I'm in, I'm in. And I'm in with a lot of other like-minded people and we're all in it together. And that's, I kind of see what you're building, right? And, yeah. I, and I and I feel that way because I see your face kind of glowing <laughs> and yeah. lighting up on the Discord mods, from the development and all that stuff, which a lot of people don't really talk about. And that's like, that's how you know there's value behind it, from my point of view. You know, when, when you were building this thing out, how much of your audience was already crypto native? I know you mentioned there was only like 17 wallets that had like uh, NFTs and OpenSea activity. Yeah. But even now for this new drop, there's 34,000 members in the Discord. Have you kind of like experimented with like who's more crypto native? How many people did we actually need to educate and kind of go over this hurdle? How many already knew what they were doing? Walk me through that. So in the very beginning, um, 
I found that the people that were truly following Avenged Sevenfold, like everything we do, is a very low number of crypto native people, I would say, in the low single digits. And as I was like, um, you know, for months and months, no one knew who I was in the in the punks chat or the apes chat or, you know, all these things. And then as people started to find out who I was, it turns out they're fans, but they don't follow us every day, right? They they right. know all the songs and they're they'll go to a show every once in a while, but they're not on Instagram or in Reddit talking about Avenged Sevenfold. They're talking about crypto. <laughs> and yeah. so we actually found a lot of fans in the space that weren't aware of what we were doing. And now that it's become, you know, now that we're doing, you know, we're 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 constantly in contact with like a D's or like a Jimmy McNeilis and the people that are in the space that have been there for a long time that we've been communicating with. A lot of people have come into our community with a lot of knowledge, a lot of crypto knowledge that have been there for a long time. We had, you know, we traded um, a guy, a crypto punk um, for our rarest first NFT. And the guy had minted 88 crypto punks and he still has 38 of them. But he wasn't following everything we were doing. He he ended up getting in, you know, in the last couple of months because until it hit their radar in the crypto world, it was like a they weren't following Event Sevenfold for mm-hmm. what we're what we're doing, right? They're just mm-hmm. interested in other things. So I found there's a much bigger um, group of people, but it took a while to get them all to understand that oh, a band I really likes doing this, but it's not a rug pull or a joke, like this is cool. I can get behind it. And then a lot of it was just bringing our people in. And now the discords become much more um, informative because some of these people in there, they probably know more than I do, right? Like Mm. they're, they're into different things. Like you have players that are playing Axie and you have player people that are really into this certain coin or that things that I can't keep track of all of it. Um, So it's interesting to see these people in the discord all discussing things with each other. And when someone's new and they go like, Oh, what about, Oh, look at Ubisoft's doing this thing with, and then they're like, oh, well, these are the games that have been doing it forever. And this is why it works. And this mm-hmm. is why those people don't get mm-hmm. it. And I'm skeptical. And, and so it's cool to see these conversations where the worlds are colliding now. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm in the Discord as we speak. So 34,368 members and it's popping. It's so active. It's so alive. How do you guys think about community management? You're obviously running the band full time. You're, you're working on the album that you're releasing soon. You guys are soon, excuse me, you're going to go on, on tours like, how do you think about community management? Obviously, I think that's something that you're going to be outsourcing, that you have been outsourcing. Walk me through that. Because I yeah. feel like it's, it's a big thing that a lot of like musicians get scared of. They're like, shit, I'm going to have to devote my entire time to managing this Discord. But I guess you found a way to kind of like growth hack that somehow. Yeah. So a lot of the people that have been working with us for a long time, we threw them into the fire of months ago. Ooh. And we said, learn what we're doing here. Like we have this amazing girl named Courtney, who's I'm going to, she's going to be our product manager, right? Like she's just on all the calls, whether it's, you know, PR or whether it's, you know, any, any sort of collaboration. And I say, hit up Courtney, cause she's been dealing with that for us since the early days. She actually started a fan zine. It was all of N7 full, like a, a website. Mm. And so she knows the culture and she's been mm-hmm. there since day one. And the day she decided to, to shut it down is the day we hired her. And we're like, okay, we need you. And then we said, do what you did for that, but do it for us. And so mm-hmm. she's been with us for years and years. And then we have this uh, this guy, Alex, who works for us halftime and half for Interscope. And so he's got, a, he's tapped into everything the major labels are doing, which, and then we're like the anti that right now, right? And so he knows what they're doing. He knows what we're doing, but he's got a lot of connections. And so we've got this great team of people. And then our dev actually was in web two for, I've known him since we were in sixth grade. He wow. was working cybersecurity for Barracuda out of San Francisco. 
And then when we started getting heavy into crypto about, you know, we, we've been doing it forever now. And then, you know, three months ago, he said, or six months ago now, God, time flies. He's <laughs> like, I'm going to quit my job and let's build this out. I want to do it for you. I've, I've learned all the coding. I've wow. coded my whole life. And so he's building his own company based off of these launches. Wow. Right. And so he quit his job in web two and now he's in web three and, you know, he sold a Fidenza, which is helping Solid. payroll himself for a while. Solid. <laughs> and so, yeah, and he's got some crypto punks now. And uh, so he's like, uh, it's such a better life for him because he's, he's in the space and he's building and he's a punk rocker at heart. So he like, he wants to help small bands. He wants to help everybody. Um, so we've got a, a good group of people and then I'm going to, but I'm a psycho. So I'm going to tell them that everything from the giveaways to everything has to run through us. And then the bigger things like sandbox, I'm going to be in direct contact. It's just how I roll and yeah. I feel better doing it. Yeah. You feel more, more aware, you know, my, my fear is like a lot of creators, a lot of artists are going to enter the space and just going to outsource that stuff completely. And that whole like narrative and connection energy is going to be missing, Yeah, you know, and it'll feel less authentic, authentic. And you know, one thing I've been telling them exactly like you just said, look at all the Facebook groups, look at all the fan pages, look at all these things, this fandom that fans are creating for free, right? Because they just love and adore the brand. They love the music. They love how it makes them feel. These are your proponents to help build your community and make it like the next stage and the next level for that. It's you're super right. cool to see that in real time. And it's, it's, you're totally right. And then this is like, instead of giving them all uh, a pat in the back, now we can like actually reward them Yeah, because they're token holders. And when you're a token holder, I mean, I'm not, I'm staying nimble with everything because I know that if you would talk to me three weeks ago, I wouldn't even know about some of the things that are coming out. Right. And <laughs> And now the idea of, of, a, of a coin and is it, is it tethered to some sort of real world? Can, can you exchange it for Ethereum or do we keep it into our own shop or do we give a governance token out like ENS did? Or do we, there's so many things we're looking at right now that I think will be a reward to the token holders. But I also know our fan base. And if I say something, then they're going to be like, win coin, win coin. You, know, like, <laughs> you guys should create to... a governance token pegged to the value of a pool of guitars. And there like the, the value as the guitar fluctuates in value, that's how the tokens fluctuate. Right. I think like, that'd be so big. <laughs> and the other thing about like tokens and stuff is, I mean, well, there's a lot of, look at what the board apes are doing. There's a lot of SEC or SEC, SEC yeah. things. Regulatory going on. issues. There's regulatory yeah. issues. And, yeah. and we're kind of one of those things where like people could be like, hey, create a DAO. But it's like, yeah, but we still have to be the driving force creatively. If no one signed up to the Avenged Sevenfold death bats club because they want to create the songs yeah. they want they want us to create the songs and yeah. us to choose a set list and we ha also have to think about which is a a good point i wanted to bring up is that we have a contingency of hundreds of thousands or millions of other people that are not in the club that we have to make sure that they don't get affected by the club meaning the the governance you give the club can't like start impending on like hey like all oh, the normies they can't uh, come to the show anymore you know yeah. what i'm saying so like there's like all these things that a dow would <laughs> simply take care of but you can't have the you know the inmates running the asylum completely <laughs> and so i think we're going to have to do so, so i actually talked to the guys at polychain about this and they've been so cool with like bouncing ideas also about what's around the corner, right? Like what's coming guys? Like where, where are these things that you're investing in that are going to be cool? Mm. And one, one thing they came up with was like, why don't you do like a, you know, a, a message board type of thing, but it's blocked and you have to have the, the token to get in. And then the amount of time you've spent there, the, the, the votes get, so it's almost like a DAO and then we can come in and see the ideas and then go, okay, we're going to pay for that and mm -hmm. that and that because mm -hmm. a, a traditional DAO would be like, let's buy sandbox. Well, 
we already took care of that. Yeah. And, they, and they'll be like, well, let's do this. And it's like, well, we've already taken care of a lot of those things and we're happy yeah. to do it. Yeah. But it's, it's so we have a little bit of a different path we have to take than most. You know, the, the way I kind of envision DAOs for music is like, let's look at Queen for a minute. Okay. And Queen has like a global fan base. They have the movie, they have the fans with or without the band. They still listen to the music. They still congregate. They wear the, the merch, they get together, they sing the songs, they do all these things yeah, together yeah. as a group without Queen, without, without the lead singer, without really the band per se in the picture. And down the line, these modern day fan clubs will essentially evolve into that, you think? But done in a way where, a cool you can, where you can capture the value as well. Like, let's say, like when you guys aren't in the picture and your music lives on forever, how do you kind of coordinate? How do you how do you do that thing? Right now, it's happening super organically. But how do you atti- attach some type of asset that allows people to kind of reap the values? Because down the line, when you guys are gone, royalties still accumulate, value still gets captured. Who gets that? Yeah. Right? How do you how are you thinking about that? Oh my God, you just made me think about it. There I don't you know. Go. <laughs> right. It's like, like I said, like what I love about this space is there's incredibly smart people asking incredibly cool questions. And what we have to do now is make sure we set ourselves up for the future, whether it's the contracts that we're writing, you know, on the blockchain, or whether it's, you know, just some sort of vision of what's going to happen in the future and set yourself up so that you don't completely screw yourself. Yeah. Right. And so a lot of what we've been doing is kind of like, damage control in a way, like making sure that we're nimble enough to do some of these things. But it's a great question. Like, yeah, where do those royalties go? And like, how do we prove, like, how do we get into some sort of contract that our estate has to abide by? Right. Yeah. Because the estate might come and go, nope, it's all ours. Right. The state, the state should be a DAO. It should be the fans yeah. that kind of like govern that. And if, if like down the line, they want to create a movie, but eventually unfold and nobody's here, you know, like who you would go. they go talk to? How do they yeah. organize that? You know, like these are like, and it's better for the that, fans to do that than, right. you know, you know, some sort of label or, or right. whatever it is. I mean, yeah, it's good points, man. Yeah. I can't uh, wait to be dead and see how it goes. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I'll keep you posted when you're dead. Yeah, yeah, thank you. <laughs> What's up, guys? Adam Levy here. I wanted to take a quick pause to give some love to Coinvise, our NFT sponsor who's making this episode a reality. On Coinvise, you can create a personal or community-owned social token on Ethereum. Coinbase also helps you create incentives through token rewards and bounties, NFT business models, and bot integrations for Discord. Discover more by visiting coinvise.co today. All right, back to the episode. You know, an- another cool thing behind all these uh, modern day fan clubs, which we kind of touched upon right now, is like this concept of royalties. And uh, I-, I listened to like other things that you talked about, other interviews, other written blogs. And I know it's something that you're very vocal about. You've obviously gone the more traditional route as a band, having labels, having big teams behind you, tons of money behind you. But there's a lot of independent up and coming artists that are getting into the space, that are tapping around in crypto, realizing the potential of selling an NFT as a co-ownership of their song, of their album. I guess, like, how do you how do you think about this concept of royalties evolving on chain? How do you think about this concept of like automation and smart contracts and the blockchain as an infrastructure to create more transparency, more, uh, I guess, remove the middleman, all these keywords and these concepts that are like evolving. What, what, what do you think about that? I mean, total no brainer, right? It's um, it's going to the same way that CDs wiped out tapes and then Napster wiped out CDs. And then <laughs> and then we had to, you know, piece it all together with, OK, well, we'll give you a, a little bit and you give us the catalogs yeah. and then you still have the same royalty structure. I firmly believe that the future of music will evolve out of the fringes of web three and 
I don't know if Spotify and those companies survive because they're, they're too big. And, and, and so a bunch of different things I think about this. I think we talked about the video games and the culture coming right. up. The culture of new artists are obviously going to go, why would I give that to them for the same amount of money I can get for a token sale from these fans and give them and reverse the royalties and they'll be completely happy with sharing 20% while I keep 80%, right? They'll be completely happy with that because mm-hmm. the, there's no other, it's either that or listen to the music for free. Like, and so web two works really well in the sense that nine ninety nine to listen to everything is cool. It doesn't, your life you think can't get any better until the sweetening on top is, Oh, well actually the more you listen, the more you evangelize us, the actually the more you get paid, right? Yeah. Cause you're a token holder. So then it's yeah. gonna be like, Oh my God, like, of yeah. course. Now the problem is that it's kind of like making a hundred million dollar movie and then saying, yeah, but I'm not going to put it on Netflix. I'm going to do it on my own streaming service on my, in my, you know, my website. Right. What like music has to be communal. It has to be listened to by everybody. So what Blau is building and what people are building, it needs to be so global and so mainstream that that's where people go to listen because no one's going to be driving in their car listening to, you know, um, I can't even think of a song right now. Think listening to like easy by the Commodores and then they're going to put on straight stairway of heaven and then they're going to go, Oh, I want to listen to Avenged Sevenfold song, but I'm going to get off this, this platform, <laughs> go to this website, download it, click it, and then listen to it and then go back to my, so yeah. the platform has to exist. Maybe it's title. Maybe it's someone that comes back and does it all blockchain. But what you're saying is going to happen. It's yeah. just who's that company that's going to come in. And then the culture is going to demand that they listen on there because just like SoundCloud, it revolutionized everything. Everyone heard their mumble rappers and whatever they're doing yeah. on SoundCloud. And it's going to be on the blockchain. And then everything from there on forward will be on it. I don't know if Event Sevenfold is too late for that. I know that right now our fans are listening on Apple Music and it was even hard to get them on there. Yeah. We didn't even, we did a surprise release on the last record and people were so mad about not enough physical. Mm. And to me, I was like, I don't even, I haven't even seen a CD player in six wow. years. Interesting. And so you have to like, a part of this thing is like the, the older culture still decides what, what they're willing to, to deal with. Right. In mm-hmm. terms of where they're going to listen. I think if you make a platform that's on the blockchain, but you make it super easy for people, they can the kids can own the tokens. They kind of understand that part, but it's easy for my mom and dad to throw to that stream. on, yeah. to stream yeah. it. Then, then you have to have like, but you can't be abandoned completely wall yourself off because then you're really shooting yourself in the foot and you're going to start seeing the, the concerts go down. They're going to start seeing like your, you know, your, everything. your ability, everything, affected, everything yeah. goes down yeah. if, if you're yeah. not be able to be listened yeah. to easily. So yeah. we're in a weird position right now. We're happy to take it on the, on the chin and walk through it. We yeah. know that most of our, um, most of our business is live performance, yeah. right? And so to go into the blockchain and radio, they don't, they won't play you anymore. Well, radio hasn't played us in years. Like there is yeah. no radio for rock MTV. Yeah. Like they're gone. We don't care. Spotify yeah. is not putting metal on the front of their yeah. curated playlist. What do we yeah. care? Like we're yeah. the perfect band to do this. Cause we, we just don't it's give so a shit true. at this point. It's so just like, true. let's just go. Yeah. So I never thought about that, you know, cause you see a lot of like the EDM crowd get into crypto and them having like good success, but I never thought like the rock metal kind of sector would actually, you're right, has have such a good advantage over everything that's happening. So true. I didn't think about that. And we've built great communities. If you think about like Iron Maiden, right? It's like grandpa, dad, and son are at the the show and they're not going anywhere. So you already have those communities and the pop fan is a little more whatever's happening in the moment. Iron Maiden fan is there for life and the Metallica fan, right? And so there's no reason why we shouldn't have the strongest online communities. 
Like there's no reason why we shouldn't be able to present this to them and then go, this is actually better for you. We're not trying to scam you. This is actually better for you, not just us, for you. And Mm so that's been one of our things that we've been trying to, you know, tell people. Yeah. You know, you you talked a little bit about this, but I want to recap for a minute. Like the evolution of like digital music, we saw like LimeWire coming into the picture years ago, kind of like torrenting music, stealing, stealing music, downloading it for free. Apple coming up coming out with this thesis that people actually want to buy the music that they want to consume. So they introduced this 99 cent model. And then we saw like the rise of Spotify and, and Apple music with streaming services and people paying flat fees to get access to unlimited music. Now we're seeing the transition of people actually re-entering the world and wanting to own music. Because when you used to buy it on iTunes, you'd rent it. You wouldn't really own anything. Now NFTs allow the medium of owning. So for example, there's this independent artist, his name is Daniel Allen. Uh, he has about like a million listeners per month on Spotify, a few thousand followers on Instagram, a couple hundred on Twitter. He came out with something super unique and super original. He was like, okay, I have this EP that I'm coming out with. I need capital. I'm going to mess around with these token primitives called NFTs. And I'm actually going to crowdfund part of my EP and I'm going to give up ownership 50% of it at least. Okay. And do it in a way where every single check that I get from Apple Music, iTunes, basically these DSPs and these publishers, I'll then convert that to USDC and airdrop that to people uh, who basically help bring this EP to life proportionate to their investment. And it was actually a super interesting pitch because he raised like, what, 180K in less than 48 hours, you know, from the Ethereum community. And keep in mind, he really didn't have too much backing on Twitter. He had a few like strong supporters that helped him consulted him to get into the space. But it just shows you that, wait a minute, now I find myself buying music NFTs for the pure sake of like being able to co-own this track because I just love and adore it. It could still be streamed on Spotify and Apple Music and everywhere, but now just like ownership is remodeled underneath the surface, which I find super interesting and kind of like pivot, like uh, evolving. And now you're seeing platforms like, for example, uh, catalog.works, sound.xyz, mint songs, and a bunch of these players coming into place and kind of sell, selling the narrative that own and then sell portions of that to your audience, you know, and introduce yeah. levels of a new fandom. And I don't know. I think it's just interesting how everything is kind of like evolving and how these token primitives are kind of like introducing new creative ways to kind of build communities, issue assets, think about monetization, all these things. I think what you just said is exactly where we're thinking on this, on this subject, right? So if you go to somebody and you say, own a song, right? To my dad, who he keeps up on this stuff, but you know, when you say own a song to my dad, he's going to think, oh, okay. Like, the first thing you think of if you're not crypto native is you think, okay, there's a there's a blocked off wall and no one else can listen, right? Like the Wu-Tang thing, yeah, which is not the case. Yeah. Um, and then you think, oh, well, I have this thing that's on there, but I just own it because I can say I'm one of 500 owners. Mm-hmm. No, what we're saying is that it's a fractionalization of the publishing, right? It's You own it, but you partake in the royalty of the people that don't necessarily care as much, but are paying the nine 99 to listen to everything. And mm-hmm. they happen to be, and they're taking a portion of your royalties and you're, and you're trickling it down to them. This, that is what ownership means. And it's kind of like, it's kind of like as hard to explain to somebody, it's very easy to explain the gaming one, right? Cause everyone has mm-hmm. kids, everyone funnels money into Fortnite or whatever it is. Yeah. And they all understand they can see it in their credit card at the end of the month. They go, Oh yeah, they don't own that. Um, but the music one, it takes a little more, of an imagination because they need to understand what publishing is. They need to understand what the masters are. They need to understand how those systems work. And so to me, what you're talking about is exactly how it would work. And then the artist would 
dictate how much you know these token holders would get. Mm-hmm. But again, you you maybe the the song is the token. But what I what I see is that this community we're building, Death Bats Club, that could be the token as well. Mm-hmm. It's just as easily 100%. transferred right into that, right? Where it's like you, we're not going to sell you the song. You just as if you're a part of this community, this is how these things are going to roll in, and it could be live live streaming revenue it could be um you know royalties from spotify or whatever the new mm-hmm. web3 mm-hmm. um system is that because you because it could be merch that you sell online that gets accepted totally. through crypto and all that stuff is automated and distributed exactly stuff in the metaverse yeah, yeah. like like yeah. sandbox sales so and then if you think about it like why why i was so anti this in the beginning not anti but i just said people don't understand like iheart and cumulus and Spotify, they're not on chain. Where are you going to get those royalties? So what he did is he went and took an analog thing, right? And said, okay, I'm getting a check. I'm going to go and I'm going to convert it to some sort of cryptocurrency or whatever, or USD. I'm going to airdrop it to you. Yeah. Where if it's truly working the way it should work, it should it's just all, all be on chain. Yeah. And we just yeah. never, yeah, we would yeah. just never even have these questions, right? Like STEM would issue a check to your Coinbase account. And then from there you can, or even to your MetaMask. And, yep. Or there's a product within that self that just STEM just issues ding. a check yep. and that check, yep. Just like distributes yep. it to everybody. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. 100%. Okay. Let's let's backtrack for a minute. Dead Bats okay. Club. Okay. I want to talk about more of the utility. What are people getting through these NFTs? Talk to me about the, the, the layers of utility. I know there's opportunities to go golfing with you. I know there's opportunities to get exclusive merch, skip the line, all these amazing perks. Walk me through that. Yeah. So I believe that in the end, the digital aspect of the Death Bats Club will be the most important part. But I think in the beginning, we really needed to show people that if that these are just really club memberships, right? These club yeah. memberships that have uh, this sort of sort of real world utility as well. And because right now, what do you do in a club? Like I can't go tell a million people that, hey, we're going to make the sandbox thing. It's be really cool. You should buy a token. I swear we're going to hang out in there. It'll be like, what? Like, make some music like, back what are studio. you smoking like yeah yeah, yeah yeah totally <laughs> and, then, and then like and then someday you know we're gonna you know, share royalties with everyone and there's gonna be this coin and like and people will be like what doge you know like like there <laughs> there's just no way so we were trying to like keep it really simple and we said okay i'd already expressed that we really want to make the the normal coin right which is most of them very important so poker nights movie nights discord colors, discord rooms, um, access to the metaverse, um, through sandbox, private rooms. These will be your private keys. Um, web three stuff where we can air or not airdrop. We will be doing that, but where we will be maybe putting music on the web three part of the site where only token holders can listen to it. Mm-hmm. Um, sort of like, um, teasing the record mm-hmm. or like little snippets of backstage stuff. So it's like this all encompassing, membership into this thing and then you know then you do the weekly giveaways which will be giving away guitars every month and zoom calls with the band and then we were like okay well what else can we do and then we're like well let's make you know we ripped it from the crypto punks we're like let's make nine aliens and 24 ghosts and uh, you know like the the aliens apes and the zombies and yeah um, we said well what would be the ultimate thing we're like well tickets and meet and greets for life okay done that's nine of them right and they're not minted yet so we don't know if it's gonna be nine or 13 yeah. or yeah, yeah, sure. Um, with a little caveat, but then we put in the algorithm twenty-four ghosts, which are free tickets for life. And then we put in the in there that there would be undead, which are kind of zombies. There's like 
hopefully 88 of them. Mm-hmm. And that'll be free meet and greets for life. So any show you mm-hmm. go to, you just, there'll be an RSVP system that we're building out, but then you kind of sure. show up, you got your, sure. you know, but hypothetically, it's as cool as rolling up and like, got my zombie, <laughs> let me in, you just know, like scan your wallet. And just, you're, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> there you go. And so, and that's like, and then, so um, you're going to create this really cool atmosphere of like, Oh, I didn't have to wait in line. I've got this, these, this cool merch that I can only get in my club. I'm meeting the band. Um, and maybe I'm done with it in three years and I can sell it for more than I bought it for. Hopefully. Yeah. And, yeah. And I, I can't do that in the Metallica fan club. I, I kind of just done when I'm done. Mm-hmm. And so, and then we said, you know, we are like two months out. We're like, what, can we do anything? Oh, and we have a thing called shook. So we're going to drop air packages to your house of things that you can't get anywhere else. Right. So 120 like, of those. like a drone air package. Just like fly down. Like, yeah. Well, I stole that. I stole that from PUBG. I'm like oh, the air pack, care package. Um, but, um, and so, no, but it will be like things that are like one of ones that, that you can't get. Like whether they're like leather jackets or gold coins or yeah. like or, necklaces, or, rings. Yeah. Yeah. Cetera, things that you can't get. Yeah. And it'll be like 120. And that's it. Like you're part yeah. of the club. You get them. Yeah. And then we said, well, what else can we do? And we're like, well, what if we did like, which one by the one? way, that's like, that's like the equivalent of like Tesla issuing like uh, the, the fire. Um, uh, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, the, the blowtorch, the blowtorch, or like the Tesla tequila, or like yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, all yeah. these different perks. No, I get it. Keep going, keep going. Yeah, yeah. And then, oh. and then, um, then we said, well, what else can we do personally? Like, and we all have things, right? Like, people would love to get drum lessons from Brooks or guitar lessons Dude, from. Sam. I'd love that. Yeah, yeah. Or and so like what we did is we went through and we just said everyone come up with six things. I mean, you can double them up or whatever. How and much do I need to pay to get that? Let's be real for a minute. 0.08 and get lucky. I don't believe you. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> and so, I mean, it's all luck of the draw, right? It's yeah. like randomly. And oh then, um, so Brooke said, you know, I'm going to do drum lessons. I'm going to have a day. We'll do coffee together. Um, I have one where I'll go out to dinner with you, hang out all night. Um, have one where it's like go golfing with me and one where you game with me all now game with your friends. Sick. And so these are redeemable for once a year. And then it'll last for three years and then we can either extend it or we can change them. Right. And so like, cause I'm like, when I'm 90, I don't necessarily want to get called up and be like, you got to play golf <laughs> or you got to jump on call of duty. Like, and so, like I'm so, about to die. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So in those particular, yeah. And then the kid's like rug, it's yeah, a rug, 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 rug. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but um, so on those one of ones, we put the Gary V like three year thing in there. Right. And, um, and so, yeah, those are, those we drew ourselves or we made our own mm-hmm. art. So they don't even cool. fit in the collection. They're just going to be, and we took that from Gremlin when he did cryptodes. Mm-hmm. And so like, we're just very like so much in the space that we're, and like, you know, I, I one of my tokens looks like loot for adventurers. It's just a nice. black piece of paper with, it says like Dude. Triforce, blah, 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 blah. It's like, <laughs> and so we have all these like little nods to the NFT space for the last six months. And Wait, um, did, did you get the AGLD airdrop? I didn't know. Did you get loot? Did you mint loot? The day I did. Was- no, I minted loot. Yeah. But there's all the, they, they were giving out so many airdrops that I stopped getting them. Oh my God. Or not airdrops, but they're doing like free mints for everybody of all right. these things. And I was like, I just stopped paying attention because it's just so much. Oh my and God. which, which remember I said, we were going to, I was going to kind of tell you what. So when I was earlier in the conversation, I said, I have a different strategy. Right. So my strategy now is like, I'm in NFTs and I deal with it. I'm obviously all my stuff is dealing with death bets right now, but in mm-hmm. crypto, I just hold Bitcoin and Ethereum and I have Polychain do everything else. Mm-hmm. I'm like, they have the, like they're dealing, they have a coin fund and they have a crypto fund in terms yeah. of like new companies. So it's just too much now. Like, yeah. I'm like, I can't, I, I can't be like 
go do this coin or get that airdrop. I have I have over 1400 NFTs. Jesus. There's NF there's things I should be doing all day in getting free mints and airdrops, but you I just, just I don't have the time. I don't have the time. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. But I do have uh, a couple bags of loot, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say like, okay, when loot came out, I remember Dom like just like issued this free thing on Twitter. I didn't get the free mint, but uh, what was it? Will, I forgot his last name from Syndicate Dow. He basically created AGLD, the governance token for loot. Airdrop uh, that. That shit yeah. pumped to like I probably I probably have it then. If he airdropped, dude, I probably have it. Dude, that, do, shit, yeah. that shit pumped to like 100K in like a matter of 24 hours. I remember it was like 2 in the morning, 2.30 in the morning. And my my buddy, Joey, he got the airdrop. And we were just like online, just fucking around. Yeah. And I was like, yo, I just got this airdrop. Like, yo, send it to me right now. I go copy the contract. I just put it on Uniswap, buy that shit, put like 5K into it. Dude, like... 48 hours later, it was like 50k cashed out. <laughs> okay. like, this Smart. is done. Like, like, Smart. And, and this is like, this is what like I try to get the point across to many people when it comes to creators or artists, whatever, me, everyday users. It pays to be an early user. It yes. pays to be uh, fucking around, tinkering with this stuff, putting money, throwing shit in the trap. Like, it just pays. Not only from like the knowledge and the network that comes with it, but the amount of rewards and like loot essentially that you get from it that the, the, the pleasure of being and knowing that you are an early adopter you're contributing to this revolution i don't know i could be losing my mind but that's no like, you're that's not what, you're not yeah. and, and i think about think how many bags the board apes have dropped for people dude jesus my my good friend like i got these guys into it now they're total dgens right like in everyone that you kind of get in like once dude. they get in they're they're done like work stops they've got oh. all their computers lined up yeah legit. yeah and, and so like one of my buddies got the number one rarity gold dog the gold oh, hot dog in its God. mouth when they, when they drop kennel club for yeah. the four days day one he gets a 50 eth offer on it right i'm like bro they just <laughs> dropped you $150,000 or $200,000 and he, and and he's like thinking about it i'm like you got to take that dude and I, I look at the guy and he's got multiple offers in wheat you know that are that are out right and i'm like dude someone else is going to take it as soon as i say it other gold dog too rarity takes it <laughs> And his offer goes away. It's like, no, no. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm all bro. He ended up selling it like, I think for like 35 ETH, like a couple months later, which was huge. Jeez. But it was the lesson of like, dude, if Crazy. it's there, yeah, like you don't go. need that dog. You don't need that dog right now. That bad. Would you write a $200,000 check for that dog right now? No, you wouldn't. So just sell it. Dude, I love it. All right. A few more questions before I let okay. you go. Do you have an anon account on Twitter? No, I just started one though because I started doing spaces with D's. Uh -huh. Um, so it's shadows underscore ETH. And so I just started it. Okay. Wait, I, I gotta write it down. I'll find it later. I'll follow you. Yeah, um, yeah. I guess I guess another thing we talked about this earlier, like the future of DAOs. It's a big thing right now happening in crypto. You're obviously putting it on the back burner. You guys are just in the beginning process of issuing the mints. Do you imagine like a DAO coming to the picture sometime down the line to kind of govern this thing as as the future success kind of grows? I do. Yeah. I mean, I at least a portion like i i like a and like i like i said when i was talking to ben at polychain it was like mm -hmm. a, a semi dow at first and see where it goes right um again because we have the problem of um it can't it can't affect people who aren't in the people's lives that aren't in the club and we're the first example that i've seen where that could happen you know with the board apes were able to create the board apes out of thin air and mm -hmm. everyone that has a board ape is a board ape mm -hmm. doesn't matter it's not like you know, it was an Adidas side project. I mean, now that they're collabing, but it's not like it's an Adidas side project and you board, got a board ape and then the Dow of the board apes would be like affecting Adidas somehow. Yeah. And so we have to really think about, you know, like 
we have so many things we're doing. Like we're giving up the IP of the death bats, um, things that are just unheard of for a band. Crazy. And those are, and we're so we're trying to break the rules in a, a smart way that doesn't completely screw us for the future where the Dow kicks us out of the Dow. <laughs> yeah. Legit. Like they're like, all right, yeah, fuck yeah, these yeah, guys. Yeah. We're going to start our own yeah. band using this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're our songs now, you know, you are going to play Unholy Confessions for the 4,000th time. <laughs> So I, 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 I think it. there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of room for all sorts of models in the space. You know um, I don't believe in giving the keys up and then handing them back. Right. I don't like, I, I said that term yesterday on Deezus and I, I liked how it sounded. Right. You, you web three gives us the keys back. Don't hand them back to the, yeah. the middleman. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't think we're a middleman. We're a creator and yeah. we need to create our, our, and we're a creator that existed in web one and web two. So we can't throw everybody you know, we can't throw everybody out because we mm. have a, a a club now. And so mm -hmm. if there is a DAO, it will be a structured in a way that it affects only the death bats club. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. Which I don't know how useful that is. We'll see. Yeah. I, I think all this stuff is experimentation. You're trying yeah. things day by day. There's this, this space moves at a thousand miles a second. What feels like if you're, if you leave for a day, you feel like you missed three months. You missed everything. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like it's over. Like, yeah. yeah. It's legit over. So look, I, I sincerely applaud you guys. I think you guys are the epitome of what every other band and group and creator is going to be doing down the line. It's just that willingness to take a risk and be very forefront about it. So I'm rooting for you guys. I'm going to be buying the NFTs. Uh, I'm going to try to find a way to get on the whitelist. I don't know what that process is like. Uh, but uh, it's, well, it's done now, but send me your address. I'll put you on. All right. Hell yeah. yeah let's yeah, fucking yeah, go. Yeah, let's yeah, go. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, dude, any, any last words before I kind of let you go, anything you want to tell the world? I, I guess I would just say like, I am completely cognizant. I'm sure you are that we are talking, you know, in December of 2021 and things are going to change. And yeah. this interview is probably going to get so outdated so quickly. And this is just us so trying quick. to find our way. And we're, and we're basically, you know, um, making the best decisions with the information, information that we're given. And, um, you know, in weeks from now, we might look back and go like, I can't believe we were thinking about that. I can't believe this wasn't on our radar. Um, and so I'm really interested to see where this thing goes, but people that get in the club, you know, it's going to be a long journey and it's going to be fun, but, but we're going to be making some big right turns and, and curves off that path and it's going to be fun but it's we're just going to continue to experiment and see what happens dude if you're telling me the board ape yacht club toads and punks was like a lot of your inspiration gary views a lot of your inspiration for doing what you're doing i'm so excited for all the crazy airdrops that are about to happen i'm stoked as hell. <laughs> yeah dude m shadows thank you so much man uh and best of luck i hope to have you on again soon thanks a lot man and, and email me your your wallet i will, and I'll, I will. I'll get you i'll get you all right. all right all right